Hello, everybody, and happy Thanksgiving 2023. Um, I I'm Sherry Briggs, and I'm coming to you on the Relentless Pursuit podcast. And um, if you haven't read my book, um, I talk quite a lot about my precious son, Nathan, who God brought into my life. Um, I was a single mom and had come through a very tumultuous childhood and early, you know, 20s and um got had a son Nathan and he changed my life he was the gift that God gave me his name means gift from God um to really teach me what love is and he was the reason that um I really turned to Jesus to be my Lord and Savior fully and knew that I needed to walk with the with the Lord so um I could be the best mom I could possibly be for my child. And um, so he was the reason I put my foot on the path to follow Jesus. And God began to meet me and take care of me and Nate and show us his tangible love and, and ministry to us by meeting our practical needs and bringing a community of people around me who love Jesus. And that was just the beginning of, setting me on a course of health and wholeness and um, knowing God's love and seeing God work in mighty, miraculous ways, which led into a huge vision um, for me as a mom to love my children and to be a wife and um, to, to just uh, serve the Lord in that way and just be healed from so many emotional traumatic wounds of my childhood and growing up in a cult. So again, if you haven't read my book, it's all in there. Um, but my precious son, Nathan, um, died at 26 in a free diving accident down in Mexico. And it's interesting that I'm talking about Thanksgiving right now because you know, obviously, when you've lost a, a loved one, um, the holidays are very challenging. Um, they come a lot, a lot, a lot of things come up. And I just was thinking back on my first Thanksgiving. And I opened my journal up and I, I read what I wrote. But I basically... Um, was reflecting on how Thanksgiving was always such a precious, precious time for Nate and I in the kitchen and how much we both just loved preparing food. Nate was a natural in the kitchen. And matter of fact, when he was just a little, little guy and I homeschooled him every time lunchtime would come on, we'd put on Martha Stewart and we'd watch Martha Stewart. And I didn't know until Nate's memorial that he, they, his friends called him Martha Nate I had no idea, but you know, he was somebody, he was somebody that had a very great intuition in the kitchen, new flavors that would go together, loved to cook, loved to cook for his friends, had a little garden that he'd pull from and make food. I mean, he just, he had a lot of vision too around his future around cooking. And, um, 
he just was a natural. And this is something that we shared together. It was cooking and the holidays. He'd come in the house and come into the kitchen and I couldn't wait for him to taste whatever I was making. And he kind of maybe say, Oh, it's so good, mom. Or, Hey, you need a little of this, a little of that, or can I help you? And it was just, it was just a very important, sweet and um, bonding thing that the two of us shared. And, and um, I, I was reflecting on that in 2015 journal on Thanksgiving and how much I love that and how much, it meant to me that he loved my food and, and that we could share that together. But I said in here today, I'm doing nothing because you're not here. I want no reminder of that day. That's been so special for so long. I miss you, my son. I'll never have you here for Thanksgiving again. You won't come through the door again. And there's a lot more in that journal, but I just wanted to talk about the, the grief and the holidays and where I am today, eight years later, today I'm preparing food for my family and my brother and his family's coming and, and, and we're all going to be here celebrating Thanksgiving and how I started back in 2015 is, is not where I am today. And so I guess what I was thinking about is the, just the process of walking through grief and trauma and, and, and what that looks like for people, but what, what that looks like for the people around them, what that looks like for people that know others that are suffering or, or have, you know, know that what they're facing every holiday season, maybe it's a fresh grief. And maybe it's one that's been there for some, something somebody's been processing for many, many years. Regardless, we're people in people's lives. And if it's not our own life, maybe we're the ones struggling right now with, excuse me, grief and trauma. But if not, we will be one day. And so I just encourage everybody to just kind of hear maybe some things that um, are on my heart to share just about that. Um, I'm, sp I I'm speaking from my own experience, obviously, and I am a grief coach. So I sit with many women who are, um, who have lost children as well as those who've lost husbands. Um, and so I've, I've witnessed a journey of my own journey and others. And I, I feel like I've learned quite a bit about the grief journey. I wanted to just speak into um, what happens right away when something's going on and somebody's, if they've lost a, a, a loved one or their, or their, their loved one is sick or there's some traumatic thing going on in a person's life. It's very, very important that we don't rush that person through. It's really important that um, we, we, we take Jesus' example. When Jesus said that he is near to the brokenhearted and those crushed in spirit, we, his church, his body, a body of believers, are to be that same way. We're to be near. Um, we are to be present. But do you notice that when Jesus um, came 
um, into town where, where, where Lazarus has died, Mary and Martha were grieving and were so upset um, that Jesus wasn't there. They were saying, if you would have been here, our brother wouldn't have died, you know, and where were you? And, and even though he knew what he was going to do, even though he knew what was right around the corner was Lazarus being raised from the dead, he was very present. He was very, very present for them. And he, it says in his, the word that he, he wept. And so one of the things of Jesus's example is that he paused and he waited and he felt the emotion and he wept. He didn't bring on a one word answer, quick answer, just trust God. Or if you wait a few minutes, you know, everything's going to be different. But, but no, he, he waited and he paused and he wept. And I think that so important for us, for those that are, are around us that are grieving, that, that we are slow to speak and quick to listen, that we're watching, that, you know, we don't have these pat answers or giving advice to people that are hurting. We have to, 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 to be present as Jesus was for those who are hurting. Jesus is the comforter. And therefore, we are to comfort others as we have been comforted. And I just think that's so important this holiday season because there's been so much going on in our world and so much trauma and so much grief. But it's so important for us that we, we, we be present and we, we're not, maybe we get triggered too. Maybe we get triggered by people's trauma and we don't want them to be in pain or we don't want them to sink or we're worried about what they're going to do or not do or, or, or whatever. So we feel like we got to kind of, come on, come on, get yourself up, you know, keep going or, but, but really honestly, did Jesus do that in those cases of extreme grief? No, he recognized what was going on and he knew the promise that awaited them. And even though we're in grief and when we are and in trauma, I'm thinking about when my son passed, I I couldn't hear anything. I couldn't hear anything that people said. The grief and the pain was too loud. It was too loud. But it was those who came around me It was those who were quiet. It was those who held their heart, even maybe didn't speak the same language as me. And the tears fell and from their eyes and they held their heart. And that was the most comforting for me in my time of grief. So I really feel like thinking on that, I I want you to know that I'm not in that same place as I was. We're all in different places. And I just, I guess that's what I wanted to say in all this. It's the journey. It is the journey. You know, Jesus said, um, I'm sorry, Psalm 23 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. There is a walking through. And I remember early on people kind of, there was fear around my grief. There was fear around my trauma. I understand now what was going on at the time. I didn't understand because I feel like people kind of wanted to rush me through. I think they were afraid. Um, But I just want to give glory to God and say, he walked me through the valley of the shadow of death. It wasn't a shadow to me. It was death. My son was gone. 
but he walked me through and I miss my son every day. There's not one day I don't think about Nate. There's not one moment that, I mean, I'm hurting. I miss him. I would love to have my son here. I would, I dream about the time when I'll see him again. And I know I will, but I am not where I was eight years ago. And it's because Jesus was patient with me. He walked with me. He was my comfort. He gave me all the time I needed. He, he, he is a man acquainted with grief. He's a man of sorrows. So he knows what that looks like and was so patient and kind. He didn't prevent this horrific thing from happening, but I have now a partner in it. And I guess I just wanted to say this is so important for us as people who walk with those who are hurting this holiday season is the power of presence, not the power, not the anxiousness. We don't need to be anxious. We need to have that power of presence of being with somebody and being with them and being still and trusting that God is actually doing what he says he's going to do for our brother or sister. The only thing I want to say, Jesus was the only one that could really heal my heart. He was the only one that could sit with me in the dark like I needed he was the one and and in the darkness is where my my first start where i first started was feeling betrayed and alone became the most intimate relationship i have because he was with me in the dark and he didn't leave me he didn't rush me he was with me and so that relationship has now gone from that early 2015 of feeling betrayed and, and feeling abandoned and feeling lost and confused to, Oh man, you are the God of the Valley. You walk with me. You hold me. You catch every tear. You are the most present, all knowing, all seeing God. And, and he is my healer. So I just wanted to to share that and just to know that be patient with your loved ones when, if they're grieving and going through hard things right now, be patient with those who are suffering. Jesus is with those who are suffering. He is our suffering savior. Believe God's word and goodness that he will see your loved one through as you pray and contend for them and be present for them in that nearness of gentleness of spirit. I wanted to also point out that in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8, you know, this is something that really struck me back in the early days after I lost my son, is that there is a season and a time for everything. And I hope you go in and kind of read that for yourself. But I had never really acknowledged or honored this before as a as a follower of Christ, that there's many different seasons, just like the colors of seasons that we see. So how do we respond and acknowledge and walk alongside people in different seasons? You know, there's, go and read those. There's a powerful, powerful part of scripture. 
And I feel like we don't really honor the fact that in this journey of life, there are different seasons. It's very clear. It's not all going to be one color or one way. It's a, it's a journey. And there's season after season after season. And some of those that they talk about in scripture are pretty tough to read. <laughs> but I appreciate them, the word of God acknowledging them. Also, the Bible talks about there's a blessing in our mourning. In Matthew 5, 4, Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn. It's, the, it's pretty, pretty incredible that the second blessing mentioned is for those who mourn. So the Bible says to mourn difficult things that happened and things that didn't happen. To mourn the suffering in the world, sin, the lost. But there is a blessing in the mourning. There is a blessing for those who grieve, grieve. And blessed in Greek means fortunate, well off and happy. That's incredible. That's an incredible thing to really pay attention to, that there's a blessing in that. So it's very, very important. So again, knowing that you, your loved ones or those around you that are grieving, it's important for them to mourn. Don't worry. Pray for them. Be near to them. Be present for them as Jesus has showed us his example. Grief is essential to our health, to our emotional, physical, spiritual, and mental health. It's a painful emotion, but a healthy one. Grieving is choice. So grieving is a tool to get through the transitions of life. And just to know that the more somebody's grieving, it just means that they loved the one they're missing and we're not grieving for them if we know they're with jesus we're, we grieve with hope we know where they are and i know where nate is i know he is so happy i know the things that nate loved down here on earth he's experiencing up there in a way that he i mean i can't even imagine he loved nature he loved people you love music i mean he is it's it's there's not even words that people could describe what they experience up there in those the things that my son loved down here it's going to be off the richter man it's just and so i get i get happy that he's there now initially i wasn't initially people would say oh he, he's with jesus now he's happy i wasn't ready for that i missed him here there's that's another piece is that those actually those words for a lot of people, um, depending on the circumstances, of course, but aren't helpful right away. What's helpful is to allow them to grieve and to mourn. Sometimes those words are very helpful if there's been a long suffering time or stiff, like I said, different circumstances. But for me and for many of my friends, it, we, we had to get to that truth because our our it was not even ever in my DNA as a mother to bury my child. It was never ever in me to do that. I'm 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 a maid to protect, to raise up, to defend, to to teach, to guide, to to take a bullet for my child, right? So to lose a child is completely something that I don't possess in my body and know how to do. So it, take, it took a while to hear some of those things that are maybe comforting 
to others and comforting to me now. Now I'm comforted by those. But initially I wasn't. I needed to mourn. I needed to grieve. And that was healthy. Psalms 32.3 says, when I kept silent, my body wasted away. Another one, Psalm 32.39.2, I was dumb and silent. I refrained even from good and my sorrow grew worse. If we don't grieve the losses in life, our distress grows worse. And so the good news of that is, is God does bless us in our mourning. He is never more near than to the brokenhearted and saves those crushed in spirit. He's a suffering God. He's my savior, man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And I just, um, I just really want to encourage you in that to, to just know that you don't have to have all the answers. Um, even though Jesus had the answer to Mary and Martha's dilemma, he paused He waited and he was near. We, as people walking with those who grieve and maybe who are just starting their grief journey or grieving the way the world is right now or or grieving whatever is going on, um, we can be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and look at Jesus as our example and know he is walking them through. We will make it through. And I am so grateful to report that I am not back where I was in 2015. I'm actually, like I said, making meal and getting ready for Thanksgiving. I thought I would never want to celebrate that again. But God has walked me through and deepened my relationship with him, my trust in God It's ironic because my trust is greater. My reliance on him is greater and my love for him is greater and my ability to be loved by him is greater now. Um, And that has come through the valley of death. So I hope this is encouraging. Um, I hope that you um, can take um, like uh, understand maybe a way to approach those who are grieving and um, continue to come to the Lord yourself for those around you that are suffering and for yourself in different ways. And one of the ways is through lament. And, you know, there's 67 laments in scripture Um, in the Psalms. It's a beautiful example of crying out to God and praying and, 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 you know, pouring out your heart to the Lord. Um, every, every lament has a complaint. Check out like, for instance, Psalm 13. I mean, every lament has a complaint. It's an honest cry to the Lord about the situation. And it's a declaration based on, you know, what you know is true about him. So it's, it's both. It's, it's, it's a cry for help and a complaint about the situation that you or someone else is facing. And it's a, it's a, and God, I know you're faithful at the same time. I've seen what you have done. I know too much. I've seen too much. It's, it's kind of, it's both and it's both. And, and I think for us learning the both and it's not one thing or another, it's, it's this and more. 
So it's all of it. It's all the emotions. It's the, it's the whole heart. It's the whole soul. It's the whole body. It's the whole spirit. It's all of it. It all gets poured out to the Lord. David had a calmed out, calmed soul because he had a poured out soul. And I just think that is so important. You know, what, what good father couldn't handle his little child who's hurting run to him papa papa i'm hurt where were you why did this what's going on where were you why did you let this happen like what good father wouldn't grab that child up and hold that child and hear that child and wait for that child as that child processes that pain and sorrow and the questions of his heart that brings deeper trust deeper intimacy deeper relationship because you know what? That's, that's, that's real. That's real. And God can handle it. He can handle all of it. And I think that's the thing about the grief journey is that when you turn to the Lord in your grief and you really go to him with all these unanswered questions, he meets us there and he doesn't judge he doesn't go, why are you asking me this? You know what I said in my word? No, no. He's like, I love you. I'm here. I understand. I'm a man of sorrows. I understand. And I think we need to allow too those that we are seeing hurting and suffering around us. Let them have that. Let them have that wrestle. Stand with them in the gap and pray, but they need to have that wrestle. That's going to lead them into the depths. Deep, call it to deep with Jesus. And don't be afraid. Stand and pray. So I just hope that encourages you today. And um, I'm grateful to um, share knowing that um, my son is near me too. Heaven is near. Heaven is near. And though for you whose loved ones are in heaven, not with you today and this whole holiday season, they are near. Heaven and Heaven and earth are near. There's a thin space between. And I always think of it like this. I feel like God gave me this vision or understanding one time that um, my father God is with me and Nate's with him. Therefore, I am with Nate and with God. And the closer I am to God and spending time with him, the closer I am to Nate. And so we both have the same dad and we are all together. So I am not far from my son and you are not far from your loved one. We are all together. And one day we'll see what we cannot see right now. That unseen world is way more real than this one down here. I trust me. So be encouraged. Um, the day draws near. And thank you, Jesus, for the blood that was shed for us. The penalty was paid for us and anything that has kept us from this great hope of heaven and eternal life in you. Jesus, we thank you. Bless you and happy Thanksgiving and Merry Christmas. And may God bless you and keep you and his face shine upon you.